Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tiger Kick Off the Podcast. My name is Liam Quinn. As always, I am joined by Nick Kelly and Bennett Durando. We cover Missouri football for the uh, Columbia, Missouri. We got a lot to cover this week. It's Georgia week, so let's get right into it. Uh, Missouri heads to Athens on Saturday to take on the number six Bulldogs. Guys, what are you thinking? Liam, you're surprisingly eager to get into talking Georgia. It's Georgia week. Considering the way Missouri has played the last two games. Hey, somebody's got to be excited, right? I thought, yeah, Georgia's on our minds, so. Well, we're headed to Athens, too. I, I think I'm not alone saying that I'm excited for that. Yeah, very true. Well, we're, we're actually, after we record this, we're hitting the road, right? So it's like 11, yeah, yeah, On the road again. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, when it comes to the game, I, <laughs> I don't see much of a way that Missouri can win this. Georgia is one of the most well-rounded teams in the country. It's not like there's just an offense or just a defense on this team that carries them. Everything about them is really good. Their run game is one of the best in the country's. Jake Fromm is one of the more reliable, experienced quarterbacks in the country. Even if he's not one of the the sort of the big four in the Heisman talks, he he's a good quarterback. I, he's only thrown an interception in one game. That was the South Carolina game. He threw three in that one. Um that, I mean, that sort of cost them that game. It's the only game that Georgia's lost, one of the upsets of the season. So we one of the things that I was looking at as we go into this game is Missouri stresses that turnover margin all the time. Barry Odom loves to talk about it. Georgia is not a particularly high-volume takeaway team. So Missouri needs to avoid turning the ball over. And if it's possible to maybe find a way to recover one fumble or, or catch a receiver, or catch a miscommunication in the secondary at some point, try and win that turnover battle. That's what will give the Tigers a chance. Yeah, that's really key, Bennett, because historically that's also what it takes to win in Georgia. In 2013, when the Tigers won their only win ever against the Bulldogs in eight tries, the Tigers had four turnovers. They forced for They forced four turnovers, and Georgia did not force any. So the Tigers won that turnover margin. The same turnover margin that South Carolina won by earlier this season to pick up the victory. Yeah, good point. And one of the other huge questions for Missouri going into this game is who's going to be at quarterback. Kelly Bryant had the hamstring injury a couple weeks ago at Kentucky. It was on a scramble in the first quarter, grabbed his leg as he was running out of bounds. Uh, He ended up playing into the third quarter in that game. Missouri has a tendency to let their guys play after they get injured, I guess. But Bryant was sort of shaken up after the game. He did not talk to media. So Tuesday was the first time that we really heard from him since then. He said he was at 75%. Barry Odom said on Tuesday he wasn't quite sure whether Bryant would play. He said that if the game were on Tuesday, he would not be playing then on Wednesday on the SEC uh, conference call. It seemed like the odds were a little higher that Bryant will play, but there is a possibility that we see backup quarterback Taylor Powell out there for the third time with sort of extended snaps this season. He played a little bit against Troy after Bryant had the head injury and then the rest of that Kentucky game after late in the third quarter. Does Missouri, I mean, first of all, does Missouri have a chance with Kelly Bryant? But I mean, they they probably don't have a chance with Kelly Bryant. They certainly don't have a chance without Kelly Bryant. Um, I know Kelly has struggled the past two weeks, but you look at him and then you look at what the offense can do under him versus what it can do with Taylor Powell. And it, it really is. It's a stark difference. So, I mean, Taylor Powell, 
you know, nothing against him. He's just doesn't have the experience level that Bryant does. And he certainly doesn't have uh, the athletic talent either. But as of recording this, we still don't know for sure whether Kelly Bryant will be starting. Barry Odom said he feels he's feeling okay, I think, but it's still not official yet. And boy, I mean, if you're a Missouri fan, you need Kelly Bryant to play in this game if you want to watch anything close to a close game. But even if he does play and he is in good enough health to play, hamstring injury, that's not that's not an easy thing to recover from. So even if you're healthy enough, whatever that necessarily means, you're not necessarily full speed, especially for a guy who needs his legs, he needs his speed. A hamstring injury, that, that slows you down, that hampers you a bit. Yeah, now, definitely. And it's a thing that can linger too. If if it's not fully healed, it can come back and get re-aggravated. It's one of the easier ones to to re-aggravate after you injure it an initial time. That brings up a good point. We talked to Derek Dooley, the offensive coordinator, on Tuesday, and he said that that, that the hamstring injury has sort of impacted the play calling for the rest of that game. He said we had a really good drive going, and then Kelly hurt himself, and, and they had to rely on handing it off more. The run game has not been great the last two weeks because the blocking has been so poor. And so Dooley said they had to rely on that more and on more drop back, which isn't quite Kelly Bryant's classic form of game. You know, I mean, that's so between those two things, it just sort of throws them out of their comfort zone in terms of play calling. And Dooley talked a lot about getting into third down situations as well. I think that's a key thing. The benchmark that we should look for is between seven and eight yards. Missouri, they like to run the ball on first down. They're pretty good on third and seven or fewer. That's what Dooley said. When they can get to third and seven or fewer, they feel confident going into those third down plays. But when it's third and eight or more, that's when the play calling gets shaken up. It's not quite the flow of what Dooley wants in the offense. And he said they've had a, quote, ridiculous number of of third and chunk yardage plays in the last two weeks. And that's a good point because you look at the talent on their offense, you know, supposedly their best player on offense is Albert Okwagbenham, although we haven't seen much of him. And, you know, if you want to throw to the tight end or if you want to throw to, say, Jonathan Johnson, who's Kelly's favorite target this year, you, you they're not deep threats necessarily. And we haven't seen a true deep threat on this Missouri team this year. So, like you said, I think I, first first and second downs will be key. They have The offensive line has to create holes for the running game. If Larry Roundtree's, you know, has another game where he's going one, two yards at a time, I mean, they have no chance. And the last third downs for this Missouri team in this game, the better because they're heading into a hostile environment. If they can make sure they keep it on first and second down and keep moving this, the chains that way, that avoids the opportunity for the the crowd to get a little rowdy before a big third down because this is a really tough place to play in Athens where they have about what is it, 92,000, somewhere around there that seats that many? It's a big one. It's a big stadium. <laughs> and talking to a few guys this week, it's it's one of the loudest stadiums in the SEC, if not top two, three loudest in the SEC. So the Tigers will need to do what they can to take the crowd noise out of it, and that means getting first downs and first and second down. Yeah, and, and Georgia opponents are 297 on third downs against Georgia this year. Georgia's number 11 in the country on that third down defense they're allowing 5.73 pass yards per attempt and under three yards per rushing attempt. So there's really, I mean, there's no great way to attack this defense. I think Missouri needs to rely a little bit more on the pass than they have, though. They've run the ball almost 100 more times than they've passed the ball this season. Um, 
I think they need to, at least considering the way the offensive line has played the last two weeks, I think they need to be cognizant of that and be willing to adjust in terms of play calling. I think that's a tricky thing for Derek Dooley to do. I think he has a playbook that he loves to be in his element with and he loves to be comfortable with with the same set of things that are going to work. And that's what we saw in the win streak and and we've seen them just sort of thrown out of that comfort zone the last two weeks. And if I think if you look at Georgia's uh previous game against Florida, which they which they won, um you know, they're they had a pretty good they, their defense played phenomenally. Mm-hmm. Uh they they held Georgia with uh Florida without points for for a lot of the game even though uh uh, I think Florida finished was it 24 17 it was 24 17 um but the, two of those touchdowns came in the fourth quarter one came near the end of the game but and if you look at Georgia's offense you know they have DeAndre Swift who is one of the best running backs in the country certainly one of the most talented and he only ran for 86 yards against Florida and Florida has a, a better defense than Missouri does but even without him Jake Fromm still played a mistake free game against Florida and you're not going to see the type of defensive resistance from Missouri that you're going to see from Florida, whose defense is the large part of the reason they're they're ranked. So, again, it's not it's not going to be easy in, in any facet of the game. Even special teams, Georgia's got one of the best kickers in the country in Rodrigo Blankenship. So, yeah. And if you're one of those fans who's like, oh, maybe Georgia will sleepwalk through to a lesser opponent. They can't afford to do that right now because they still have a shot at the college football playoff, but they have a loss, so they have to win out and they need to have some impressive results. So a lot is pretty much everything is working against Missouri. I almost think that it's harder for a team to lose a second time like that. I, yeah, you know, I maybe that's sort of a weird sports philosophy sort of thing, but mm-hmm. I think after a team loses a first time, that's as good as Georgia. They that you figure something out about yourself. Yeah, and and I think I think against South Carolina, Georgia sort of beat themselves. Yeah, they, they wasted a lot of opportunities. I don't anticipate them going to do that, being able to do that again. So I think if Missouri wants to beat them, Missouri's going to have to beat them. They're going to have to play their best game, really. Yeah, and when you break down how Missouri can beat them, no one has scored more than South Carolina's twenty points against Georgia. So a realistic number of points. For Missouri to score to win with has got to be around 20, right? And Missouri has scored how many points the last? They've combined for 21 in the last two games. There so you go. Against Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Exactly. So in case, in case you forgot. <laughs> so if you if you think about it, like, all right, realistically, Missouri should shoot for around that 20-point spot. Then the next step is how do you hold Georgia under 20 points? The key to Georgia's offense is that they have probably the best offensive line in the country. Fewest sacks allowed per game. Teams just do not get pressure on Fromm, and that's part of why he's so good. He's able to be comfortable in the pocket. And so so at at the end of the day, they've got Andrew Thomas, too, who's a consensus top 10 draft pick next year probably on on that offensive line. And... I mentioned the 297 stat for opponents against Georgia on third downs. Georgia's 474 on their own third downs. And and one thing that Odom was asked about the other day was F- Florida sort of tried to bring more pressure on third downs. They tried to go with more than a four-man rush to disrupt that offensive line as much as possible, and, and Georgia did pretty well against it. So there isn't necessarily an easy answer of oh, let's just blitz as much as we can on on third downs and try and 
force them to make a quick play. They're great in short yardage situations. So it's really tough to beat this team in a three-down field. So to recap, Georgia has a better offense, a better defense. Uh... Better special teams. <laughs> They're the number six team in the country for a reason, right? Yeah. But if, if Missouri is going to have any shot at this game, they're going to have to start by winning the battles in the trenches. So this is going to be a big game for the offensive line that has struggled for Missouri. And the defensive line needs to also step up its game if it's going to have any shot because it's facing a really good offensive line. So guys like Kobe Whiteside, Jordan Elliott, guys like their defensive ends, Chris Turner. They have to get to Fromm. They have to get to Fromm. They have to win. They have to at least not get pushed off the line of scrimmage. So it's going to be a big game for the big men up front. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought it was funny how almost realistic Odom was about it the other day. It's like he said, if you if you get complacent basically on the defensive line, you'll end up pushed seven yards, eight yards from the line of scrimmage by that offensive line. That's how strong they are basically. And so... So he's basically like, if there's any way possible for us to here and there maybe get a tackle for a loss, it was, you know, it it's bleak and it's really difficult to do that against this team, but but that's sort of the right way to look at it. And an, and another thing we've talked about a couple of times this season is so Missouri's secondary is still ranked among the top secondaries in the country, but that's because they haven't faced a good throwing quarterback yet. Yeah, probably the best one they faced was. Halinski, maybe, maybe, and, and he and he got hurt in that game and struggled. That was, that was what his third start, second start of his career. Yeah. yeah. So Jake Fromm is much better than every other quarterback Missouri has has faced this season. So yeah, their secondary deserves credit because they've played well. But also, this is their first real test, and it, I, I'm very curious to see how how they will respond because, I mean, even Kentucky sort of surprised them over the top a couple of times. There was that one play where, I, I know, Jarvis Ware got beat downfield and committed a pass interference. Otherwise, it would have been a big gain, and they had the 140-yard gain, and those were the only big gains of the game, really, was yeah. when they got beat over the top. It was the worst game for the safeties, probably. And Tyree Gillespie played a great second half, but Bledsoe struggled without him in the first half, I think. Mm-hmm. Josh Bledsoe, and, and I don't I think that sort of just made things really disjointed. It shouldn't be that easy to go deep in you the know, rain. And even if the secondary struggles against Georgia, you know, I don't think they deserve to be heavy, too heavily criticized for that because Georgia's got a really good offense, but still, you just can't expect the level of, of dominance that their secondary has had against this kind of opponent. So do we want to make some score predictions? for? We've talked about what we think is going to happen or how this game might go, but want to put a number on it, Liam? Do you guys know what the spread is right now? It was like uh, yes, I think yesterday was, right? or the other day, Tuesday, it was 17. Yeah, so I will go somewhere around that range. I'll say Georgia 35, and I'll say Missouri gets 13. Fair. I think I'm going to go... Georgia 31, Missouri, I'll get Missouri 20. Okay. Wow, 11-point game, so Missouri covers? Missouri covers. I've got Georgia 30 to 10. I was thinking about saying that too, but I went 35. That exact score? I I went 35, 13, but I was thinking about that score. So assuming that around that 17-point range is the spread and it still could change before Saturday. Nick's the only one that's got Missouri beating the spread. We'll have to keep that in mind. And I wouldn't be shocked if Missouri plays its best game in weeks. You know, you have to think they're motivated to yeah. play. I mean, yeah. that, that's the thing. I do think they're going to rebound somewhat. I just, yeah. it's rebounding 
and also being on the same level right. of Georgia. It's two just, different things. They picked the worst time to get in a rut because when are they going to break out of it? They play Georgia and Florida next. <laughs> yeah. It, you know what? If there is one, if Kelly Bryant does play, he's the most valuable guy on that roster because of his experience at Clemson. For this kind of game, in in front of that sort of crowd between the hedges, a guy who has played in the college football playoff and who has played routinely in front of huge crowds at Clemson, you never know. That that sort of experience can help. And you, I don't think Missouri is going to come close to winning this game, but but if I think if Bryant plays, this should be an opportunity for him to really yeah. show what Missouri I, got with I him. I think the key for Missouri is not so much winning, but getting back to... A more getting a more respectable performance heading into Florida, which, if assuming they lose to Georgia, that will be a crucial game. Speaking of crucial games, Liam, what do you got for us? Well, it's back, and it's here to stay. It's player versus professor, but a slight tweak. So, Uh-oh. and I think a good one. I haven't heard any feedback besides positive feedback, but I am a live wire, baby. I like change, and I like experimenting. So we have a bit of a rule change this week. Instead of me giving Bennett and Nick the same two names, I'm going to give them each two different names. And that way, I think, it won't be so reliant on what the other person guesses, but rather you make your own decision. I think that's the first good rule change you've made in this convoluted game. <laughs> and the other changes so that there the will, loser. The other changes that there will be no 100-point question on the last one, right? Uh, let's not go that far yet. We'll see. Whoa, we'll see whoa, how it goes. Whoa, that, yeah. No, I mean. <laughs> All right. So are we ready? Of course. All I right. Think I am. Yeah. All right, Nick. We'll start with you, David O'Brien or Stephen Nixon. I'm going to say that David O'Brien is the professor. Stephen Nixon is the player. You got it. David O'Brien is in rural sociology, and Stephen Nixon is a long snapper. <laughs> so I like the instant feedback. This is good. Yeah, I mean, we're this. Hey, we're going to try to streamline it as well because I know some of our listeners have asked for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, Bennett. Walter Grant. Jeff Long. My gosh. <laughs> no, not Jeff. He's a, he's a positive listener. Yeah, he's a uh, big fan. Shout out. Okay, Walter Grant or Douglas Randall? Douglas Randall is definitely a professor, and and Grant okay. is the player. Well, you got it right. Uh, Walter Grant is an outside linebacker, and Douglas Randall is in agricultural biochemistry. Holding serve. Here we go. Keeping pace. Serve. All right. Long yeah, last. this is a little more intense, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bennett, we'll start with you this time. Like a snake draft sort of thing? Yeah. Here. Mark Martin or Cameron Moore? I think Cameron Moore has got to be a football player. Mark Martin's a professor. That's correct. Mark Martin is in biochemistry, and Cameron Moore is a wide receiver. So that's two for Bennett. Nick, your time to return the serve. Uh, John Fitzpatrick or Joseph Kidd? I'm going to say that Joseph Kidd is the professor and Fitzpatrick is the player. You got it. Wow, we stay perfect. John Fitzpatrick is a tight end and Joseph Kidd is an adjunct in the for, at the Art and Archaeology Museum. So check that out. I don't know. Uh, when you think about it, what are the odds of us getting four straight right like two <laughs> Two elite competitors. Two elite competitors to going change, toe for toe. We might have to change the rules back. This is like <laughs> LSU Alabama right here. Yeah, not quite. Uh, Nick, 
John Jones or Warren McClendon? I'm going to say that Warren McClendon is the player. John Jones is the professor. Are you guys cheating? <laughs> Did John, I get it? John Jones right. is in the School of Natural Resources, and Warren <laughs> McClendon is an offensive lineman. So Nick's got three. Bennett, I think you'll probably get this one. Oh, uh, I'm definitely not going to get it. Uh, no, I, I, no, we'll see. Uh, Nathan Priestley or Christopher Josie? What? Nick just gave me a look like I don't know how Liam thinks you're going to get that. Uh, I was being sarcastic. Yeah, could you repeat it one more time? Nathan Priestley or Christopher Josie? Josie, I'm thinking about Missouri. I'm going to say he's the player. Henry Josie? Ah, see, that was a bit of a trick. Uh, Christopher Josie is a professor. He's in the communications school, and Nathan Priestley is a quarterback. Fair enough. All right. Got a rebound. So, Nick. Three to two lead. Bennett, you're up first this time. Uh, Kevin Gillis or Richard LeCount? Richard LeCount is a player. Gillis is a professor. That is correct. Richard LeCount is a defensive back, and Kevin Gillis is in bioengineering. Hashtag clutch. So, Nick, to keep your advantage, you need this one. Uh, Tommy Bush... Or Thomas Anderson. Sorry, I couldn't read my own handwriting oh, there. Oh, brick. Tommy Bush or... Thomas Anderson. I'm going to say that Thomas Anderson is the professor. He is the professor. He is oh in biology. Tommy Bush is a wide receiver. So it's four to three. So... All right. Uh, just, just do this one as normal, I would think, right? And then... Well, the best you could do, Bennett, is tie if that's the case. So I think I'm going to make this last question 100 points. <laughs> what? Who could have seen that coming? <laughs> so if Nick gets it right, he wins. Yeah. yeah and if Bennett enough. gets it right and Nick gets it wrong, whatever. So since Nick's trying to look at your paper oh, right now, what you've been I'm doing not, this? No, all I'm not game. looking. No, I've not been looking. No, I have not been looking. I'm going to put this game will, under official we will, protest. We will adjudicate this at a later time, but since. <laughs> Since Nick... But should Bennett go first, though, because... I'll have Bennett go first yeah, for, for dramatic purposes. So you better get it right. <laughs> uh, Bennett, Mark Francis or Brett Seether? Seether, Seether, I don't know how you say it. Oh, so it's S-I-E? Mm-hmm. Or Mark... S-E-I-T-H-E-R. S-E-I. And that's... that's What's his first name? Brett. And it's either him or Mark Francis. I think I think Scyther Seether's the professor. Francis is the player. I'm sorry, Ben, that uh, is incorrect, which means Nick wins without even having to answer the last. Can I go for wait, the 100, wait, though? But this is a negative 100-point potential <laughs> loss, right? No, we won't so do I, that. I think it's got to come won't do that. Can I see if I go five for five? Uh, sure. Grant Elliott or Ryan Davis? Grant Elliott's the professor. Ryan Davis is the player. No. I feel like Davis is a player. He got it right, yeah. Ryan Davis is the linebacker. Grant Elliott. He's stealing signs. I saw him looking at the paper the whole game. You're right. We're going to have to adjudicate this I did not look at the paper the whole game. All right. We will uh, decide this later. Uh, We will take it. We'll take it before the board of review, but uh, until then, our unofficial winner is Nick Kelly. Nick, 30 seconds. You know... I'd make some big speech, but at this point, it's kind of getting old winning every week. I mean, do you want to <laughs> every week try to win? I no, mean, wait, it's been pretty even. 
No, you, all, you always try to paint yourself like you're some Goliath in this game, but... What's the record hey, now? And you know what happened to Goliath? I'm just little old Clemson over here trying to <laughs> trying to find a way. Aren't I, this is my fifth win, I think. I don't know. Six win? Somewhere around there. I don't care. You're, you're the official keeper of the game, Liam. You're like two games ahead of me in the standings, so... Okay, well, what did you guys think of the new rule change? I'm a fan, but... But well, I like it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Nick wins again. Sorry, Bennett. That's all we have for this week. Uh, enjoy the game. We hope it's a close game. And uh, see you next week. <laughs>